This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it doesn't matter if you're ready, Steven. As <laughs> <laughs> we berate, like the real us, uh, so yes. just berating Steven. Steven includes a seven second, uh, just r- me reaming him <laughs> before the episode starts. It's like a, um, uh, what's it called? When you're a hostage and you're like trying to send a message to the outside world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like all a, Stockholm syndrome. At this Stockholm point. Yeah, that's syndrome. right. right. Steven has really bad Stockholm syndrome. Um, Evil. We are. Uh, starting now. Karen! Welcome to My Favorite Murder. Karen! Karen, I'm just gonna yell your name. Karen! Georgia! Karen! Georgia, Georgia we started the podcast. Karen. How do you feel so far? Fuck, I can't stop. Um, I'm great, how are you? Um, <laughs> so bad. I don't know if you ever asked me how I was like that. How are my you? Face. How are you really? How are you? Um, let's have a moment of vulnerability. <laughs> I feel a lot of anxiety about, um, gosh, I'm so many things. <laughs> um, you know, that weird Wednesday feeling we're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah. Will, will we get it up in time? Um, yeah. you know, job stuff. I drink too much coffee all day. Oh, you did. Am I drinking too much Diet Coke to the point where I'm killing myself? How many do you drink? Diet Coke? Yeah. Oh, I, it's only like 23 a day. I, th- I like that every episode now you have to admit, like you have to confess something you do that's like, because you had smoked, told us you smoked cigarettes last time. I mean, I very was... rarely. It's not like, okay. I wouldn't call that, it's not a thing. It's just, that's like my secret sneak away once um, in a while. I think you're in denial. I know. <laughs> what's your rev- big reveal? Oh, uh, what's a good one? What's a good one? What's a fun one? I have adult acne. Okay. That sucks. I can relate to that. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, that's about it. That's all you're willing to no, give? No, I mean, I, my life is a fucking open. I have nothing that I hide. I feel like that's, I think people can, um, it helps people lock in to our humanity. Yeah. When we're just sitting here going, you our know. Gross, disgusting, horrible humanity. Check out this hideousness. <laughs> and they have a, po- make it a podcast. Gross. It better be a podcast. Yeah. I want to look at it. <laughs> Um, we're getting a lot of is very enjoyable and of course feeding the ego a lot of people are are doing like fan art pictures yes uh, things of us which the thing the thing I enjoy the most yeah is they're they always give me a huge nose I don't think I have a huge nose. Do they? You don't have a huge nose. I think I have a pretty buttony nose. You have a cute little button nose. I mean, I, thank you. I, I just wanted you to say that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I've noticed, yeah, I have a large jaw in them, which I, mean, I actually have an undersized jaw, hence my Invisalign. That's right. But 
thank you. But you know what? <laughs> but thank you. We're the most ungrateful assholes of all <laughs> we time. Really Here we have a couple notes. Um, um, can you draw us better? Please? Can you draw me? Everything I know is a lot smaller. Listen, if you want to make it onto Instagram.com slash my favorite murder, you got to draw us true to life. There are some really good ones um, of us. Really awesome drawings yes. where like you look at it and go oh my god this looks like we have a comic book yeah which is super cool yes. so thank you so much you're fucking backpedaling so hard right I now know, i'm embarrassed <laughs> don't be go to go to the instagram and you'll see a bunch of like we post that shit we all post all of them we post everything that we see and find that you guys send us and i we love, love it. it all a lot of people made us um new logos that say the fuck word murder mystery show which <laughs> oh we really god. love and appreciate that was thank so you. great that, that was good times yeah and and also, I just wanted to mention on yes. the Twitter page, um, we got, uh, quote, a million shout outs from Sweden. Um, these guys who have a podcast called the Power Meeting Podcast Aww. sent us a tweet that said a million shout outs from Sweden, which I didn't know until I read it that that's all I've ever wanted in my life. That's so was sweet. a million shout outs from Sweden. Also, Australia loves us. Fuck yeah, Australia. Fuck we were yeah. number five in Australia. That's amazing. That's a big, that's a big place, right? They must not be about accuracy down there. Cause <laughs> I feel like everything I've ever said about Australia on this podcast has been deeply wrong. Well, we did an Australian murder once. So maybe that's why. Oh, that's right. They like love us for doing that. Cause You're, there's some good ones there. There are some amazing ones. Yours was, it was the son who washed his clothes before he did anything. Yeah. He murdered. He went on a paper route, murdered his fucking family. Blamed his dad, washed his clothes. Or was that New Zealand? Fuck. No, I think it was Australia. Watch the numbers plummet. Oh my God. Why did I even bring this up? I don't know. I brought it up. Oh, okay. This is all your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Um... What else do you want to say? Uh, Harmontown oh, is yeah. the 28th. I don't know if it's sold out or not, but we might as well give it a plug. Dan Harmon has a live podcast and we get to be the guests this coming Sunday. Yeah. So We're if you can't come, just excited. listen to it because it's going to be a good episode. Yeah. It'll be an upcomer on a Feral Audio podcast exclusive. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, we're, we did the dollop live 200th episode podcast and you can listen to that. Oh, that's right. And it was super fun. Oh my God. It was amazing. It was really good. It was great just to sit between all of you guys who are so fucking funny and just like, I, I said, and I really felt this at the time that I was going to laugh my Botox out. <laughs> like I was laughing so hard. I thought I was going to break my Botox. Well, the Dave and Gareth have this weird, combination going where it's like Dave says the fact and then Gareth acts it out and it's so amazing that I just wanted to sit there quietly and let them do it because I'm genuinely a fan of what they do but I felt like you know of course as a comic I have to (laughs) nudge my way into everything right no it was so good it was super fun oh also we got a tweet from glitter pizza 91 god bless your heart (laughs) that said um why not at the end of every murder why don't you ring a gong which I read out of context just read as a random tweet yeah. and it made me laugh very hard then I understood I saw a bunch of other tweets that said what's that noise what's oh. that creepy spooky noise that we keep hearing and it was we got Steven set us up with these awesome mic stands yeah they look like what you see like real radio people yeah. using so we don't have to like touch our mics and make noise anymore but what we did was we touched the mic stands <laughs> and we were making the springs because I can't sit still right is that super loud that's it it's perfect okay yeah I that's mean, the sound listen 
I have ADD, I think. Right. At least that's what my psychiatrist tells me. Okay. I can't fucking sit still. I want to move around. I know. But it's, you know, I'm going to sacrifice that for the podcast. Well, we really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm going to speak for everybody. Thank you. Eva and button, my, and you myself. You have a button nose. <laughs> Thank you. And two eyes me. made out of coal. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> uh, let's see. We go. Let's see. We, I, I changed our Patreon page and I'm not going to shill or anything, but I'm going to be posting on the blog in there some hometown murders great that we are not gonna read in our minisodes just for whatever reason so go there and look at them okay i think it's free you pay money to look at them though yeah right? or you can give us, the whole idea of a page yeah you can give us like a dollar a month or whatever the fuck you feel like we heard tell that we might um that our podcasting network might be setting us up with a person who knows about stuff like this totally so we don't have to do it by ourselves anymore yeah and dude when that comes together beautiful watch how we take over the internet <sighs> man um we also had our, we just ended our last t-shirt sales and we we are giving half the money to endthebacklog.org nice do how I much s- is that do i say because what if it's like that's not what if they're like that's, well it was just a one month sale true. right we're sen- sending two grand to endthebacklog.org that's, a lot of money. that's great right that's good it's i don't know more than they fucking had before i got so freaked out when i posted like hey we're, we're gonna give 50 percent to end the backlog because i expected people this is the opposite of what happened but i expected people to be like only 50 percent you're being so you're being so greedy and then all these people are like that's so incredible I'm like oh okay like i've just been being hard on myself yes i mean i think it's just weird to be in this position where you can actually put something out have people buy it and then actually give money yeah. that's like a neat cool thing but also we've never done it before right. so everything feels wrong and bad and weird yeah. well on the patreon i put that people well, maybe they can we can have like votes for like the neck what the next shirt design is going to be or also people can vote on what the next um charity that we give money to will be uh i wouldn't do that second one i mean why i mean <laughs> Ones we pick, and then they can vote off them. Oh, right. It's not like the the KKK or anything. Great. That's and all I'm looking for. Nambla. I can't have this, please donate to white supremacist groups anymore. I don't want it. Yeah. And I can't. You've given it. them so much of your money, Karen, already. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I give them dime after dime so they can buy their robes. Oh, man. Those robes are not cheap. It's uh, all silk. That's the one place they don't scamp. Are they silk? No. <laughs> I, mean, I please. <laughs> They're not. I'm just thinking of like, oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, seemed yeah, really yeah. nice. Uh, do you have any other housekeeping? Housekeeping. Housekeeping. I don't think so. Is there anything else that you love right now? What, anything going on in the news? We know JonBenet's brother is getting... Oh, did you watch? Yes. You and I both looked at each other at the exact same moment. We Watching realized. that trailer? That JonBenet doc, docu-series trailer we, we have to watch it together yes. i insist you watch it can i tell me. you something what a magazine wants us to do a recap every night of it is it white power magazine <laughs> 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 yeah they want to blame it on, on how much they gonna pay us i know money i think real <laughs> oh. money oh then yes uh that's awesome i know i the, the trailer gave me freaking chills okay we watched the trailer at work today oh my God. i love the people i work with because they're super into shit like yeah. this too and when it got to the part trailer spoiler um when it got to the part where they have reconstructed Re- the, the Ramsey's house. The room by room recreated. Down to the detail of shit that was like leaning against the walls. Life changing. These people are going, these, in, these investigators, these, these very qualified 
people from all walks of of criminal forensicness yeah criminality criminality they're gonna be able to walk through and talk about and restage things that happened do you think they'll come to a conclusion it clearly in the trailer you can tell that they're gonna they're like yeah, there was no... This is not an outside job, motherfuckers. I mean, that's what they're leading you to believe. That's true, but... And then, like, oh, they're, oh when they played the... Um, when she hung up the phone, and you can hear her in the background. Yes. I still don't hear it, do you? Have you listened to that? You mean when they say, like, they reduced all the sound yeah. and everything? Yeah, and, and they hear her say, I'm not talking to you? Yes. I still don't hear it, do you? No, but I feel like that's almost like one of those ghost investigation things yeah. where they're like, do you hear it? And then they put the subtitles and you're like, I guess yeah. I hear it. If you want me to hear it, I'll hear totally. it. Totally. I'll hear whatever you want. Yeah. My thing was, because um, everybody at my job, everybody pointed out like the thing that freaked them out or that they liked the most. And mine was that when Patsy Ramsey said, I love that child, she did it with her eyes closed. She, that was the creepiest part is both of them being, both of them speaking was so fucking eerie. Yeah. And two cameras like basically clearly some lawyer said you have to go out there and tell these yeah. people you didn't kill your daughter and you have to make a statement and when Patsy Ramsey said I didn't kill my daughter and then she closes her eyes and goes I love that child and then they stay closed like to <sighs> me that I just love those like that means something I don't know what it also means. saying that child means something because it's like she's not saying my daughter John Bonet. yeah it's she's like not that child yeah she's I like that child she can't take take ownership of the thing remember did you ever watch the show lie to me with tim roth where it was all about the person that read micro expressions and it was like a whole company no oh i know someone who worked on it that i dated so i didn't watch it Ooh. oh yeah because you're mad no he was very nice oh well. um, i don't want to step on his i just love that show because that, that's kind of stuff of like being able to interpret what people are really doing underneath how they mask when they it. point it out and they're like would they like pause it and be like this thing right here and yep. that thing oh i love that yeah yeah you should watch that show it's pretty good i don't know if it's on anything but okay well um did you catch up on the night of we've only got one episode left i gotta say you're out everyone telling me about stuff about it and talking to other people about it has made me want to watch it less you're so fucking punk rock georgia <laughs> i swear to god you're just like are you being mean right now no I, I mean it in that way of like, you're just like, you know what? I don't have to like it if you like it. It's a, a good way to be. I Thank respect you. it. But I think that's how, I think that's what it is where you're like, does everybody like it? Then everybody can fuck well, off. Well, what everyone's telling me about it. Thank you. That actually means a lot to me. Um, but what everyone's telling me about it is like, I, I don't care about the prison stuff. I want the trial stuff. And yes. from what everyone, someone said to me, someone was like, and I'm not going to take responsibility, but I don't remember who said it, was like, listen, I watched Orange is the New Black. I don't need to know what's going on in prison. Like, <laughs> I was like, That's, so did I. Totally the same. It's totally the same. I just like, I don't, I want to know the, 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 the way that they find out the, the, how the investigation goes, how the trial goes, stuff in prison, I don't care about. Right. I, you know what? I feel the same way because I find, and this is, you're going to, this is going to blow your mind. I find prison to be really depressing. <laughs> so I don't want to know. What's like, wrong with I, you? I fear going there. Who hurt you as a child? I don't. A prisoner. <laughs> it, was, it was a, a warden. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't 
Like I know it's living hell yeah. and there are many, many people in this country that are there. Yeah. And that's awful to me. Especially people are there that like, oh, it was really hard for me to watch him get taken in to get out. Yes. What's it called when you get processed in? Yeah. Because it's like no one gives a shit about you. And you like immediately are just trash. Yeah. Like the way, you know, when you wait in line at a post office and you get to the next teller and you can tell they've had a hard day and they fucking hate everything. So you can smile and be like, hi, and they can be nice. And so yeah. they'll give you a better experience and be happy. Yeah. Like, you can't do that in prison. What am I supposed no, no, to do? No. I didn't learn to be polite for nothing. No, it's like, I mean, and it is like, we talk a lot. We talk a big game about like, send them away for it. Cause we yeah. talk about these specific stories where people cut off 15 year old girls' arms yeah. and leave them to die. And these horrible cases. And of course, you want Larry Singleton to disappear from the planet. But the reality of a human being in a prison is a nightmare. And like, yeah. and so I'm not saying I'm not a hypocrite or that yeah. I can't rectify those two things, but it's, yeah, watching it. What I love it that in that show is that they're laying in, th- it's just really good writing. Yeah. And I really like to watch good writing. It, may, it makes me feel smart. And again, I'll say it for the millionth time. Riz Ahmed. Oh my God. I don't. Someone made a, made a, I want his DNA inside me. A couple people made it. Someone made a Valentine last, <laughs> last week. I said, your serial killer Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I want his DNA inside me, meaning I want to have his baby because he's so cute that I want like that. <laughs> but it right. just didn't sound like that. No, it's literally the most <laughs> not cute kind of disgusting thing, but that's not uh, what you meant. Okay. You know what I don't like about, I don't like innocent people in prison. That I people like Larry Singleton deserve to be in prison. Good, have a fucking horrible time. But yeah. it's innocent people. Oh my god, that terrifies me. It's horrible, and it happens, and we all know what happens, and it's incredibly stressful. Yeah, yeah. All right, but I like it. It's to me, it's worth the stress, and there's things that are happening that are okay. exciting. I won't not try it. It does disappoint me. That, I mean, I don't know what happened. Maybe I'll watch the last episode. <laughs> Is that okay? Can I do that? Hey, it's your life. <laughs> jump in, jump out. I don't know. Yeah. Can they please bring the family back on ABC? <laughs> That's all I ask. Is that all you want this Christmas? That's all I want for Hanukkah Christmas. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and 
be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code space 80. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. All right. I think that's it, right? That's are you in? Gotta to, be is it. there anything you need to I talk about? I got nothing. Yeah. Is this, are we now 45 minutes in? <laughs> Basically. I'm first this week, right? <laughs> okay, go. Tell I think me. I am. Mine is short too, so take your time. Okay. My, <laughs> mine is, um, I wish... I had four months to research this because the first time I heard of this murder, I thought, oh, who cares? Not, not about the people, but that's not my style. Yeah, I like, get that. M- like, as we've said a million times, but like Silence of the Lambs is my ideal murder everything situation. Sure. You've got a weird serial killer that's got a, an MO and a, and a, a whole Fetish plan and a and creepiness. A, yeah. And, and a like plan. has always been this crazy way. It's not like he's. It's not a one-off. It's not a crime of passion. It's not whatever. That's, I find that extreme criminal mind thing fascinating. Okay. Um, so when I first heard about this crime, I was like, oh, that's not, that's not my thing at all. Um, and then, but I, it kept coming back like you, I would see it every once in a while looking for other stuff. And then I finally started looking into it and it is so fascinating. All right. So it's the Lululemon murder. Oh, yes. In Bethesda, Maryland. That is fascinating. I didn't know that. I know. That right? is definitely not one that I would have looked into. 
Okay. I'm excited. Me too. Thanks. Thank you. So, so the, I first heard of it, uh, I think it was like a year ago or something. I was doing Tignataro's. Tignataro has a comedy festival every year called the Benson Ball in DC, which is where she's from. And so whoever was driving us to the theater that night, we drove down the street mm-hmm. and we passed a Lululemon. I don't think it was the one we were driving by because mm-hmm. Bethesda, I believe, is north of Washington, DC. Um, but he brought it up and told the story love him and he basically just said oh did you hear about that really terrible um, crime that happened at Lululemon Um, it was really bad you know uh, and it was basically one of the employees killed another one and so I was just like Eh. Eh, you know what I know now we're talking yoga pants we're talking karma passion I'm not interested in any of this for anyone listening that doesn't know Lululemon is a fucking high-end Kind of when I see girls wearing yoga pants with a little lemon, I'm like, oh, you spent a lot of money on yoga pants and didn't buy them a Rite Aid. Yeah. Like, you're better than me. Crazy expensive. Like, um, they're almost, it's, it's like Louis Vuitton of yoga pants, which is a hilarious paradox of this is yoga. Yeah. Um, and they have like the, the, like, uh, logo out so you can see them. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Instead of hiding your shame, they put it out there. Right. So, When I first Googled this, a couple Huffington Post articles came up, and one that I really liked is by a girl named, believe it or not, Elizabeth Licorice. (laughs) And great, that's a great She wins. Yeah. And she's (laughs) amazing. She's all red, and her skin is twisted. Uh huh. No, no, no. (laughs) cancel it. Stephen Mark. Delete that. Delete that. Stephen Mark, that concept. Oh, okay. So she wrote an article called Lululemon's Cult Culture, Get Fit or Die Trying. So this girl started working at Lululemon. That's how you pronounce it, right? Lululemon? Yeah. I don't give a fucking shit. It sounds right. It's how it's spelled. And that's what I assumed. And then I just... Lululemon? I think it's Lululemon. But there's an extra... Lululemon would be... There's too many Lus. All right. So I think it's Lululemon. Let's call it... Let's not give a shit. Okay. All right. So. I think you're right. Uh, I think you're right. It has, this girl worked there. And so she's talking about what a creepy, um, like, culture this business has. Um, which is very funny because, like, when I worked at The Gap in the 90s, and I only worked there for a year, I really hated it. But it is this thing where they want you, as a person that's getting paid yeah. shit, and mostly working part-time so they don't have to give you full-time benefits totally. and all that stuff. But they still want you to really dig Care into about this, it. like, yeah, this, um, the culture, the retail culture yeah. of, like, and if you sell this, you'll get this, and we have to get our numbers up here. Yeah. Meanwhile, Don Fisher, the owner at the time, was making like billions of dollars fuck you i hate that it's it's so i can see where that was in the 90s it's now you know 20 years later and they have refined this concept so it's like branding and marketing and you know lifestyle choices and it's all that i bet it's the kind of thing where they don't call you an employee they call you you like the team member or whatever the fuck the thigh master (laughs) um so this girl yeah this girl worked there and talked about um but she said, Lululemon wants you to know it's elevating the world from mediocrity to greatness and creating components for people to live long, healthy and fun lives. Mm-hmm. But if you dig deeper, you find about... Yeah, you can't do that in fucking pants you bought a Target. Come no. on, man. No, no, no. No, yeah. you have to get really superficial to to rise above mediocrity. Yeah. Um, but if you dig deeper, you'll find... You'll learn that about Landmark Forum. <gasps> no, they don't. Yes. 
um, which is the ultra-secretive, eerily cultish educational series, which Lululemon employees are strongly encouraged to attend. Shut up. <clears throat> yes. Now, Lou, now I know I have a friend who did Landmark Forum and, and is like, I believe in it. I think it's great. And I said, yeah, but isn't it a crazy pyramid scheme where you basically have to bring people right. in and you spend thousands of dollars? And he goes, yeah, but I just didn't do that. Like, I got what I wanted and I left. And I'm like, well, you're, you're a strong-willed person yeah but i think it's one of those things that like it's like est or anything that just it makes money off of people kind of going this is the answer to my life and yeah. then trying to get everyone they know into it so oh it makes so, me sad so they encourage their employees to uh to go to the landmark forum which is bizarre to me it's so bizarre um <clears throat> and before you're in line for landmark you're bombarded with brian tracy motivational cds and a book club club that culminates with atlas shrugged oh shit um so it's not it's so culty it's like get that money and get yours and empowerment but in this weird culty way which also it's like this is your job this is your retail job yeah um yeah so uh they uh she said it, it. All of it made walking into work feel like um, a, she was time traveling to Salem, because with Lu, the Lululemon Creed and Catechism comes a collective mentality that thrives on scapegoats and leaves you feeling worthless if you subsist on anything but spring water and kale. <laughs> Once another employee sneered at me from across the floor um, and said the soda I happened to be enjoying would rot me from the inside out. Eventually, we were all issued reusable acrylic cups and forbidden to drink anything but water oh my god stop it so this is i'm i'm just trying to paint a little bit of a picture and i really encourage if you're slightly interested in this to look up these articles because it's pretty fascinating how many directions that goes in of um yeah that sounds like a fun read yeah well and just the intensity of a retail job this is like it bums me out so much to think that what people expect from you when they're not willing to give you any respect at all or right uh every about and when you work there everything about you is inventoried and measured in terms of authenticity and integrity which sounds reasonable until you realize your yoga mats on a sweaty slippery slope that missing your extra that's this i'm still reading the article uh missing your extracurricular kickboxing class taking too long to pee during your break or falling to throw or failing to throw a kitchen party and then she says in parentheses don't ask what um in the fitting room means you're deficient in character and devoid of morals what's a kitchen party i'm gonna ask we have to find out fuck but it's like i think it's in you know it's secret in-house language yeah um those girls happen to just be older sportier versions of seriously cutthroat sorority sisters wow so that's one person's take about what it felt like to to work there um so what's kind of to go along with that, th- this company's had a lot of controversy since they started. It's a Canadian company. They opened in, uh, I think, well, in 2002 to mark the opening of their second store in Vancouver. Uh, they offered a free outfit to anyone who would stand naked on the street for 30 seconds. Are you fucking, mm-hmm. how about, how about for people who can't afford them and are homeless, you fucking assholes? But like also, so it's a store yeah. that's mostly women's clothing. Yeah. And you're basically trying to get ladies to stand around naked so you give them their $140 yoga pants. That's like, so huh? sad. They're, you're asking them to exploit themselves. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, 
that same owner, I can't find his name right now, he, in an interview with the National Post Business Magazine, which sounds very Canadian to me, but I'm not sure, he said he purposely named it Lululemon with lots of L's because, quote, it's funny to watch Japanese people try to say <gasps> He also once blogged that breast cancer, quote, came into prominence in the 1990s due to all the cigarette smoking power women who were on the pill and taking on the stress previously left to men in their working I world. I am going to Lulu murder you, <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> His name, sorry, that guy's name, I'm trying to, oh, that guy's name is Chip Wilson and of course, um... Later on, I, everybody heard about the, um, uh, they, in, I think it was 2011, oh no, sorry, 2013, they had to recall their line of Luan yoga pants because they were oh, yeah. see-through. I remember that. They were see-through. I've seen girls' G-strings from behind in yeah. yoga before. And then that pants. same CEO, mm-hmm. uh, on, when he was interviewed on Bloomberg TV about it, um, he asked, he was asked what the nature of of the pants recall was. He said, quite frankly, some women's bodies just don't work for it. Um, it's more about the rubbing through the thighs, how much pressure there is over a period of time. You fucking dick. So he's basically saying, if you're not emaciated, you can't wear our yoga pants. And, it, and if you do, it's your fault. Yeah. 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 So he's a superstar. After he said that, of course, he was asked to step down from being the CEO because it's you know, at the time it was 2013. So, so I'm sorry, sir, that it's not 1945 anymore. Yeah. You can take that shit elsewhere. Yeah. Um, in 2007, they had a line of clothing called Vita C, S-E-A, which the company said was made from seaweed fiber. Um, and according to the tags, they said it released marine amino acids, minerals, and vitamins into the skin upon oh contact with moisture. Did it stink? Moisture, Did it stink? Reducing stress and providing anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, hydrating, and detoxifying benefits. Mm, bullshit. So the New York Times, that's exactly right. Uh-huh. The New York Times commissioned a laboratory test Yay! of a shirt made from Vitacy and um, there was no significant difference in mineral levels between the Vitacy fabric and a plain cotton t-shirt. In other words, the labs found no evidence of seaweed in the Lululemon clothing at all. To do that. We're not done. In 2008, (laughs) a mother and daughter found a hidden message in the shopping bag underneath a layer of inspirational quotes such as friends are more important than money. Um, There was a second note uh, that said, quote, (gasps) some brief or quick fix instance. Whoa, start over. (laughs) Some brief or quick fix incidences when our minds are clear to be creative or when drunk or stoned or just after an orgasm. What does that mean? Okay. So they're promoting being drunk or stoned or orgasm. Or having an orgasm so that you can be creative. How did they hide that? This is inside a yoga pants bag. So they had this, it turned out that they had printed this up initially. People saw it and were like, what the fuck are you doing mm-hmm. here? Well, the other, the other quotes were the athlete's high is the most long lasting as it can last up to six hours. And there's a little difference between addicts and fanatic athletes. Both are continually searching for a way to remain in a creative state. So it was all this Jesus. weird. They were very pro drugs and sex. And then a couple people got the bags and were like, what's wrong with you guys? This is a yoga pants store. Yeah. So they took the bags and just sewed over them with friendship is more important than money. <laughs> But all you had oh, to do was no. wash the bag a couple times, and then the other label came out. Oh, I bet those are worth some money on eBay. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, 
and also creepy. Like you're getting so these creepy. weird messages. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and they just, the answer back when, when that happened was not an apology. They were basically like, we're about speaking our mind. We're about, um, living in this, having new ideas, new experiences. And they basically were like, yeah, we do what we want. We're trying to inspire people. So, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so. How did they get, the, yeah, I, I have, yeah. Go on. Just how you're saying? How? Yeah. But also, but also good for them, but don't shop there. Like, I don't, they can do that. It's fine. You can do that. Like, here's the thing. Yoga is a practice that's about connecting to yourself and connecting, you know, be having a body-mind connection mm-hmm. so that you are more in yourself and calmer, more normal. It's not about spending money. Yeah, it's but, not about being better than your sorority sister. But to get a mantra for transcendental meditation is fucking three grand. Like, how do you, how do they... Well, no, that's based on how much money you make. But I mean, I'm not defending it because it's it costs money. But what I'm saying is this is a store that's creating that culture yeah. of you will spend money always and you will spend money on bullshit because we're going to lie straight to your face and yeah. say that our clothes are made of detoxifying oh that's seaweed. That's, that's insane. crazy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, okay. that's just a little background. All right. Okay. So, uh, so it, the worst thing that happened to them, of course, was to, in 2011, um, on the morning of March 12th, an employee entered their store, the Bethesda, Maryland store, and she, uh, she actually went in, um, she heard something inside, I think it said, and so she went and got a guy off the street and said, you have to go in there and check, I, I'm supposed to open this store, and there's weird noises, and the guy walked in to, like, a bloody <gasps> scene, and it turned out that Brittany Norwood and Jana Murray were lying in the store. Jana was dead, and Brittany was tied up, hand- bound hands and feet. Um, Jana had a rope around her neck, and hammer knife wounds to her head holy shit and she had been repeatedly struck with a metal stand later on the medical examiner found out she had 330 distinct wounds on her body oh my 330 how long would that take to hit someone 330 times and how much rage and how personal that's like 10 minutes of hitting it's insane overkill yeah so um when they, when the cop touched Brittany, she flinched. And then she tells the story that the night before they closed the shop and then she'd gone to, um, I'm saying Jana, but I think it's Jana. Did mm-hmm. I say Jana? Yeah, I think it's yeah. Jana. So she'd gone to Jana and said, I need to go back in. I forgot something. And when they went back in, two masked, um, attackers came, like stormed into the store, whoops, stormed the store, uh, and with guns. And, um, attacked them and Brittany said, raped them and tied them up and killed Jaina and left her for dead. Um, had she been hit at all or her? Yeah. Though? She had injuries too. Okay. Um, and her pants were slit at the crotch. It all looked very bad. Mm-hmm. So looked, it all looked well. very bad. Okay. So, um, oh, sorry, I have to scroll down on my dumb thing. So, uh, of course, panic set off because this is apparently a super high end area. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like because that's how all those stores are always oh, in totally. like really so people are freaking out like there's no violent crime in that area at all um immediately the cops are uh set up a manhunt um there's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar reward for anyone with information leading to an arrest it's like big and huge um and they start talking to people around the neighborhood and they talk to these employees at the Apple store, which was right next door. And these employees say that, yes, they heard two women arguing and yelling and some weird thumping and fighting noises the night before, but they never called 911. How do you... Mm-mm. They didn't get asked that question in court, which of course, because it's like, ultimately it's not about them and what they did or didn't do. Yeah. Uh, aside from... I'm sure they struggle with it because it's hideous, but um, yeah, they didn't. And then somebody included in one of these articles that I read, it was this really awesome thing about um, how when you are, when you have a phone or a computer or something that distracts you, you are, you are like some percentage I won't make up and I'll just be honest that I don't know it, Uh, but like a very high percentage uh, less likely to get involved with anything happening around you. Wow. So they're in an Apple store. So it's probably like weird noise, weird noise. Can go back to playing Yahtzee with friends or whatever on your phone. (laughs) I don't know if I would like, how would you get involved? It just so depends on the situation. If you You can't expect people to be being, you know, getting murdered. No. If you that, hear a fight, you're not like, I'm going to go make sure no one's getting murdered. No, not at all. And especially in that area. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a weird thing. I'm sure they had never had any experience like that. No. And that's not, they probably were like, oh no, those girls are fighting next yeah. door at the end. That's, that's totally. what they thought. It's just unfortunate because even just a call to say, maybe you should just go check. I think yeah. it's that thing of like, people aren't willing to just risk being wrong, which is, right. which is sad. Or not being able to read a situation correctly i mean the way a couple of these articles talked about it there was like extended thumping and fight sounds and no yeah you should have checked that out at one per at one point they heard a woman scream oh please god help me what the okay no you should have fucking gone over there i guess i buried the lead on that one i should have brought that up earlier oh my god Um, all right so yeah go on yeah so even if you're not sure yeah you roll the dice um okay so so from that, they realize they, that these employees only heard two women the entire time. They don't, they don't hear anything about men's voices. They don't hear anything else. So they're suspicious. Also, there's this really awesome uh, statistic I found that I know the exact number for. <laughs> according to the Bureau of the Justice of Statistics. Mm-mm. No, no. According to the Bureau of Justice yeah. Statistics, uh-huh. only 15% of homicides uh, are committed by someone who doesn't know the victim. 15%? 15%. That's crazy. So, in some ways, relax. Right. Because it's very, very Except small. Except don't, because your fucking family's gonna murder you. It's gonna be your husband with that milkshake. I wonder if that's the reason why we're so fascinated with stranger murders. What? The cord? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I think you're... Are you hitting it with her? You're like, okay. I wonder if that's why we're so fascinated about stranger murders is because they're so rare. Yes. And so they sound like there are a lot more of them, but in actuality... It's yeah, not. everyone talks about the ones that happen because they're so crazy and weird. So it seems like they're more likely. That's really interesting. Yeah. So the cops know this. I mean, the cops, yeah. the cops, they say that all the time on like 2020 or whatever, where it's like you always look to yeah. the husband, the wife, the friends, the people that they know. So um, one of the big breaks in the case uh, was that 
they looked in Jana Jana's car, and Jana's the murder victim. She's the victim. Okay. Um. So they process her car and they find Brittany, uh, Brittany's um, DNA in the car. Mm-mm. And then they ask Brittany, have you ever been in Jana's car? And she said no. That, man, I love when they fucking trap someone yep. like that. Or if yep. you had just said yes, right, you would not have been a suspect. But they never do because they were in the car, so they're trying to cover. They yeah. think that lie is going to get them out. Yeah. Of. And yeah, that's, that's the greatest. I love that. So, um, also, they realized they had had all the tests processed, and Brittany had said that they were both raped by these masked men, but when the test came back, they there was no sign of rape. On either of them. There was no, you know, um, evidence of it. Yeah, there was all of the normal things that they find. No were penetration, not no... On either of them. Okay. And... Um, uh, also, her wounds were few and superficial. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to hit someone 30 some, 300 something times and the other person just gets a little. No. Yeah, that's crazy about yeah. And also because then that's like there's some crime of passion taking place. Yeah. So there is an intended victim. here. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, and also then they realize that for the angles, they start studying the angles of the, of the mm-hmm. wounds, clearly self-inflicted, and she tied herself up. It was all, they start looking back on it staged. Yeah. Now there were, in the blood, there were two shoe prints. Jaina's shoe prints were not in the blood. Uh, Brittany's shoe prints were in the blood, and a size 14 men, man's mm. shoe, one, uh, set of sh- men's shoes were in the blood. So not two, like so she said. So she grabbed said, some shoes off the fucking shelf. That's exactly right. Son of a bitch. And walked around through <gasps> as if a man was walking through. What an idiot that she didn't grab both the fucking sh- Oh, because it's like the display pair. Right. Oh my God. So. It's like brilliant and so stupid at the same time. Well, it's that thing of like, you are, you can't cover no. up a murder you, you can't you just can't you're not as smart as you think you are you can't and also cops have seen it a million yeah. times like they know what they're looking at yeah. and they, and what looks weird and what doesn't so ultimately they basically get her to start talking and it turns out oh, six days after the uh, crime actually happened um, it was the same night of Jane's memorial mm-hmm. uh, they arrest Brittany Norwood for first degree murder. And so basically they figure out, um, that, that, that day, uh, Brittany had been caught shoplifting a pair of yoga pants by Jaina. And that's what caused, that was the inciting incident. Obviously much more was going on, um, for her to get stabbed, over 300 times and they said she used five different weapons all found within the store (gasps) oh my god yeah and there was a blood trail that showed how Jaina tried to escape through the back door um and she had 107 defensive wounds oh my god uh so the and they said that that was the most that medical examiner had ever seen on a victim. Wow! So this was an a crazy and horrible and extended period of time where this murder happened. Now here's the creepiest part to me: is Brittany goes clearly just goes fucking berserk, snaps. Mm-hmm. She gets caught 
now she's in that she's out of this system. She has she's the worst of the worst. If you're bad for drinking Diet Coke on the floor, imagine yeah. what getting caught shoplifting would be like in that culture at that totally. store. Um, also, I don't think uh, it was probably very easy because Brittany was black, and uh, I don't know what the percentages were of people who were black that worked at yeah. Lululemon, but I bet that was an element in it. Yeah, I, I'm sure that brought there was something that brought to the table. There was uh, other articles that talked about how she had stalked her boyfriend. I think she had there, she was definitely maybe a borderline personality. Mm-hmm. She had definitely had some issues, whatever. Um, but this girl viciously and insanely murders her coworker and then lays down in blood for hours that's, and hours until she gets discovered crazy in the same room as a dead body. I mean, that's the, the, the creepy level of that. Oh, and also she went and moved cause, um, when she called Jaina back to let her back into the store, mm-hmm. um, Jaina was double parked. So she had to go get into her car and she went and parked it down like a couple blocks away. And that's how she got, they got that DNA of hers in there. Uh, So essentially she had 10 hours to stage and plan this, this crime and, and figure it all out. Um, So anyway, she was convicted in an hour. Um, They tried to say that she was, insane and they were like no sorry this was insanely premeditated yeah i mean that's bad phrasing uh this was very premeditated and obviously she tried to cover it up so she knew it was a yes yes exactly um and i guess oh so she was got she got a life sentence and with no possibility of parole uh so it turned out that the Lululemon murder was much more fascinating than I could ever imagine it. Yeah. To be. I thought she just like went in there and shot her. Like I didn't even know any of the details. No, it was grisly as hell. Yeah. And just that the element like the the pressury sales sorority sister element totally. of it is fascinating to me. Um somebody there's a guy that wrote a book. His name's David Morse and it's called the this is going to be wrong. I want to say it's called the yoga pants murder, but that's not <laughs> going to be right. The yoga store murder. There we go. So close. Oh, are there, are there crime scene photos? I'm sure there are, but, but I want to see them without the body. So I'm not that fucked up. They wanted to show the crime scene photos when they were trying to pick the jury and they, the, um, I think was it when they were trying to pick the jury. I guess that doesn't really make sense. But they were basically trying to introduce these photos, and like the defense fought it because they're so awful. <gasps> her skull was cracked. Her spine was severed. Oh, I don't want to see that. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, you you know, she was stabbed over three hundred times. That's it's insane. It's horrifying. Holy um, shit! Yeah. So there you go. Oh, Namaste. Honey. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste, Karen. Namaste, everybody. Should we end on an ohm? Um, well, ohm, well, fuck. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. 
Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Ready for mine? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> mine is about the tent girl and the dough network. What? Do you know those? Doe as in deer? No, D-O-E as in like Jane Doe. Oh, oh, oh. Like Doe, a, do, a dead body. <laughs> a female dead body. Oh my God, God I had to. You did it. <laughs> did it. Did it. Uh, all right. So on May 17th, 1968, a well digger named Wilbur Riddle was killing time between jobs, picking up glass insulators on a dirt road. It was just outside Lexington, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So he's scavenging. Sure. Uh, he comes across a large green tarpaulin, and that was commonly used by carnival workers to store the big, like, big top tents in. And inside, he finds the new decomposing body of a young woman. She appeared to be in her teens, and she had been dead for months. Ugh. They couldn't figure out her exact cause of death, but it was thought that she'd been knocked out with a blow to the head and then tied up inside the bag to slowly suffocate. And the way they knew this is that her nails were worn down and broken. Oh, no. As if she had been trying to escape. Nightmare. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, she couldn't be identified and became known as the tent girl. Sorry, is 68, you said? Yeah. Okay. It became a local legend and her grave had a headstone that had that they had put the a sketch of the what the police had sketched what she might have looked like and it said tent girl found may 17th 1968 on highway u.s highway 25 north died about april like all these weird statistics about her unidentified 
So it was a place where local teens would visit to cause trouble and to scare each other. And like on Halloween, you had at night, you had to go touch the gravestone and run away and stuff. Um, and so a couple decades later, there's a teenager who moves into town named Todd Matthews. And he hears about the story of Tent Girl by a girl he's got a crush on. Nine months later, he and this girl get married. And it turns out her name is Lori Riddle. Her father was Wilbur Riddle, who found Tent Girl. Ooh. So Todd Matthews becomes obsessed with the case. And for decades, he's determined to find out the true identity of Tent Girl. Um, Todd's two siblings had died at birth mm-hmm. and it really stuck with him. And so he says that he felt like Tent Girl had become his sibling until he could find her real family. Just so fucking sweet. I might cry. So when the internet's created, he saves up enough money for, he like works low income jobs, saves up enough money to buy a computer, and then he trolls chat rooms and search engines and missing personal listings, searching for details that match Tent Girl. And he creates a website devoted to finding her identity. And this is before any of like web sleuthing shit is going on. Like mm-hmm. in his mind, he's just going to email as many people as possible till he finds out who this missing person is. So cut to the night, January 1998. And Todd has been online for hours looking at random stuff when he comes across a classified ad from a woman who's searching for her missing 24 year old sister, Barbara Ann Hackman Taylor. He Todd sees the three words Lexington 1967 missing and he knows it's her immediately. <gasps> um so in December 1967, 24-year-old Barbara Ann Hackman was a mother and a waitress. She had married young and then mysteriously disappeared. And they thought it was a teenager originally when they found the body, but she's actually 24, which is just another reason like why cops like it wouldn't have taken someone amateur to find this person because you're looking for a teenager you're not gonna find someone with totally different statistics right right. you know what i mean yeah they won't fall into that category for you so matthews arranges to have tent girl's body exhumed and in april 1998 dna tests prove that barbara ann hackman is tent girl wow i know the family chooses to have Barbara's remains kept in the original spot with the original headstone. They just added a little stone underneath with her real name, nickname, date of birth, presumed date of death, and the inscription, loving mother, grandmother, and sister. Oh, I know. She was a grandmother at 24? No, I think she had her babe, her daughter, and oh, now oh, she was it. a grandmother. Got it. Yeah. So, all right. That was really stupid. Sorry. <laughs> no, I get it. I love you for it. Uh, I totally get it. It sounds like I thought that Ku Klux Klan net robes were made out of silk <laughs> earlier when you said it. So we're good. You never know. I don't really. You just, I can't say if they are. They I'm going to go ahead and say absolutely fucking not. Yeah, probably not. No. All right. So he died before Tent Girl was identified. But Barbara's husband, George Earl Taylor, Never filed a missing persons report, and he told Barbara's family that she had left him for another man. Mm-mm. Yeah. All right. So you know how she was fucking found in a tarpaulin? Am I saying that right? That I was common so. ye- commonly used by carnival workers to store big tents. Guess what George's job was? He was an accountant. <laughs> was he an accountant? 
was he did he work at rei <laughs> carnival worker. yes he was a carnival worker he died of cancer in october 1987 and i hope he rots in hell <laughs> good 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 glad go fuck yourself go fuck yourself uh isn't that crazy like what is what a there's nothing besides like besides fingerprints that could have like made it more of a like here's who done it. Yeah. I mean, did they well, Karen, don't I, question. I this. won't. <laughs> keep that. Did they my... play did they like tie it back to the carnival he was working at? Did he maybe No, I just meant like at the time when they found her, did they take that tarpaulin or whatever it's called evidence and then go interview some carnival workers. Right. See what local carnival was in town. And then it could that be the third season of True Detective, this story <laughs> of like the, the carnies. Those are great right? questions. I was just excited that they had put that together, but gosh, I wish they had done that before he died of cancer. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, you know. Well, shit. Okay. Can I do a different story? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. So, so the ending of this is pretty amazing that Todd Matthews goes on to help create the Doe Network which I'm obsessed with. It's an online database containing thousands of profiles for unidentified does. Shit. Jane and John does and baby does and amateur sleuths try to connect unidentified bodies with missing people. Amazing. Like people who are like nurses and fucking janitors and all these crazy people who like are doing this for free in their free time just sit there and try to find matching characteristics to get these people oh. found and get them, you know, identified. So is it like web sleuthing where anyone can do it and yeah. you just enter the information? They started they started regulating it because I think that a lot of um a lot of police were getting annoyed with all the calls they were getting like I think it's this person, yeah, I think yeah. it's that person. So there's like for each each town or each city there's there's like a main person that and it has to go through like a crazy vetting process now so if you're like I think this missing person is this unidentified body they have to like it has to be checked out by like a bunch of people who have been certified by the donut work to do that um but yeah you can kind of just like look for sh- it's almost like that game where you what was the memory one where you turn over a face and you turn it back over and you have to remember what yeah, the face it's is it's called there. memory thank you mm-hmm. so he also co-founded nam us it's i think it's supposed to be name us but there's no e the national missing and unidentified persons system mm. and another thing they do is they 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 hire or they people who 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 are um who draw portraits and stuff just for free like can will take a an, a dead body and sketch out what the face would look like or take a missing person and sketch out what their face would look like now oh and they all do it for free wow it's pretty amazing next place where we give money for the t-shirts i don't know we can discuss it we can you can vote on Patreon, maybe, <laughs> if Karen, if Karen is cool with Ku Klux Klan, maybe getting the money. How dare you accuse me of that? Because <laughs> she loves it. <laughs> All right. So as of 2007, I couldn't find any more recent statistics. There's approximately 40,000 unidentified human remains stowed in back rooms of morgues, buried before they're identified and buried in unmarked graves across the country. What's that number? 40,000. Shit. And that's 2007. The National Crime Information Center records nearly 90,000 missing people at any given time. So 40,000 of those unmarked, unidentified people, you know, their uh, websites list 70 successful identity resolutions that the site has assisted with. Oh, that's nice. Um, 36 had occurred within the first five years. 
And Tent Girl was the first case to be identified by use of the internet. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Todd Matthews, he just like was an obsessive compulsive with this case. And because of that, so many families have been able to find out what happened to their loved ones. And I'm so fascinated with those stories of like, she left home one day and, you know, we thought we'd hear from her again and we didn't. And we don't know if she's alive or not. She might have just fucking moved on and hated our dad and, you know. Right. But then they find, they're like, you know, by the side of the road, this person with this crazy tattoo is found. And why can't we identify this person? And so they put all this stuff in the, inf- in the thing. And That's very cool. Yeah. Tent girl. There's a photo of her. It looks like a lot like the drawing. Sad, right? How well, yeah, but it's like the tragedy that something good came out I know. of. It's very cool. I know. And also it's just nice, that idea that like, yeah, that's, if you have... It's just so nice for the families. Like that, that, that idea of just not knowing is so torturous. Yeah. And I've kind of been wanting to do, I've been thinking a lot lately about like, what can I, how can I volunteer my time in some way that we're this true crime thing we're doing? And I'm like, you know, do I work for, do I go a volunteer for women's shelter or something like that? And this is like, I feel like that's what these people are doing is they're like, for no, they're not making any money. They have jobs. They don't need them. They just want to help find. It's just they're really into these crazy puzzles and piecing these things together. And they right. Just and do if it. you have that specific ability of like you can draw, you know, what they, yeah. a picture of what they last looked like or whatever. It's like everybody pitching in what their specific talent yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. I like that. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll maybe I'll do something like that. And I can't draw, but I can look at tattoos and remember if. They were found on dead bodies or not. Do it. I'm really good at that. Remembering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. Nice. So that was a short one, but I thought it was important. No, that was cool. I like that it, like, it's good information. Yeah. That's a good one. Totally. Um, do you want to read another hometown? We did a mini-sode, but should we end with a hometown? Oh, yeah. I was just thinking, uh, hold on really quick. Okay. What were you thinking? I have Guy Branham's hometown murder, <gasps> and I'd forgotten. Oh my goodness! It's two minutes. Let's listen to it. Guy so Branham. Are you ready? I love him. This is my friend uh, Guy Branham, who is a hilarious stand-up comedian. You may know him from Chelsea lately. You may know him from. He's been in a million things. Uh, and I asked him about his hometown murder from Yuba City, California. Here's what he said. Yuba City, California, uh, and there was this guy named Juan Corona who um, was a migrant farm worker. He was like the guy who coordinated migrant farm workers for the farmers. And he uh, had this brother who was gay who had a Mexican restaurant. And like the first thing that happened was uh, there was a dude in a bathroom at the brother's Mexican restaurant. And then a dude like came out of nowhere and like macheted him. And it was like a thing. And there was a lawsuit about that. And then the brother like lost his restaurant. And like that was like an isolated thing. But then Juan Corona started, it basically just comes down to he would get migrant farm workers and then he would take them to an orchard and he would basically say, have sex with me. He like he would pull out a machete and then he would force them to have sex with him and then he would bury them in a shallow grave. And they found like 17 dudes but because all of these guys were migrant farm workers, they 
most of them were undocumented. Like, the, most of the good information, like, the people whose names they know are the couple of white dudes that he did it to. Um, he mostly just ended up doing it to Mexican guys. But, and they, like, found, they found a bunch of, like, butcher receipts and stuff from, like, that would be from his pockets in the shallow graves. And he, Juan Corona insists that it was his gay brother who actually did all of the murdering and then framed him and then fled to Mexico. And one time when I was like about seven, our dog showed up with what my mom insists was a human femur. <laughs> and my grandpa was like, no, that's a cow's femur. Um, but my mom was like, we both know what a cow's femur looks like. <laughs> God, and I never in the background that. the entire time my asshole dog Frank is barking. Is that your dog? Yep. Oh, what a dick. Uh, That's why I recorded my hot, sweaty apartment. Yeah. Isn't that um so creepy? Like that you would be that you're so trapped if you were a migrant farm uh, worker, yes. undocumented. Clearly, you can't go to the cops, and there is a serial killer no, targeting totally. you, taking people out into orchards. That's so sad. It's so and then crazy. I think about those poor families back home who were like, I don't know what happened to you know my brother, but I'm never gonna find out. Right. That's exactly right. Sad. It's very sad. Thanks, guy. He's a swell person. I like him. He's the best. And boy, can he dance. Really? Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah. Thank you for um, listening. Thank you so much. Can you guys, if you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, that helps us a lot. And we appreciate it. And gosh, it's nice having you guys listen in this podcast. <laughs> also, Elvis is sitting right in front of Steven's face because Steven gave him a cookie last time. I like that you just said, gosh. Gosh, it's nice you listen, everybody. Gee, gee whiz. <laughs> gee whiz. The gee willikers, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. Um, and, and you know what? Stay sexy. And don't get moited. <laughs> Elvis, you want a cookie? Want a cookie? Whoa. <laughs> Bye. Bye.